Bible John is an unidentified serial killer who is believed to have murdered three young women between 1968 and 1969 in Glasgow, Scotland. Bible John's victims were all young brunette women between the ages of 25 and 32, all of whom met their murder at the Barrowland Ballroom, a dance hall and music venue in the city. The perpetrator has never been identified and the case remains both unsolved and one of the most extensive manhunts in Scottish criminal history. The case will prove to be the first time in Scotland in which the Crown Office authorised publication of a composite drawing of an individual suspected of murder. This unidentified serial killer became known as Bible John due to his having repeatedly quoted from the Bible and to have condemned any form of adultery while in the company of his final victim. The known movements and modus operandi of convicted serial killer and rapist Peter Tobin gave rise to the speculation that he might be Bible John after his conviction for three murders in the late 2000s, but police later eliminated Tobin as a suspect. Patricia Docker On the 23rd of February 1968, the naked body of 25-year-old auxiliary nurse Patricia Docker was found in the doorway of a lock-up garage by a man on his way to work at Carmichael Palace, Battlefield, Glasgow. The location of her body was only yards from her home in Langside Place. Her body bore evidence of extensive blunt force trauma, particularly in the face and the head. She had been strangled to death with, her, with a strong ligature, possibly a belt. Docker's handbag, watch and clothes were missing from the crime scene. Her clothing was never found, although her handbag was later recovered from the river cart by an underwater search unit, and her watch was recovered from a pool of water close to the murder scene. Extensive door-to-door -door inquiries in the area produced a witness who recalled hearing a female scream, Leave me alone! the previous evening. Little hard evidence was discovered at the crime scene. Nonetheless, an ambulance man who retrieved the body informed investigators the victim had been a nurse at who worked at Mernskirk Hospital in nearby Renworthshire. Consequently, the victim was formally identified by her father the following day. Docker was a married mother of one estranged from her husband. The night of her murder, she informed her parents she would spend the evening dancing at the Majestic Ballroom on Hope Street, although for unknown reasons she had chosen to spend the majority of the evening at the Barrowland Ballroom, probably because of the over 25 nights which the venue hosted each Thursday. When she failed to return home that evening, her parents assumed she had spent the night with a friend. Police inquiries would only determine, determine several days later that in the late evening, Docker had left the Majestic Ballroom to attend the Barrowland. A post-mortem conducted by Gilbert Forbes at the University of Glasgow Medical School confirmed that the cause of death had been strangulation and that Docker's body bore no evidence of sexual assault. Furthermore, the stage of Rica Mortis upon her body at the time of discovery indicated she had likely died shortly after she had left Barrowland Ballroom. Investigators surmised that the perpetrator had likely grabbed Docker before repeatedly punching her and kicking her in the face as she twice screamed, leave me alone. He had then proceeded to strangle Docker to death and leaving her naked body with nothing but one shoe nearby close to the doorway of a lock-up garage at Carmichael Place. Jemima MacDonald On Saturday, 16th of July 1969, a 31-year-old mother of three named Jemima MacDonald also opted to spend the evening dancing at the Barrowland Ballroom. 
McDonald was a regular attendee of the Ireland, and according to family custom, her sister Margaret O'Brien took care of her three children in her absence. As midnight approached, she was seen by several people in the company of a young, well-dressed and well-spoken man of slim build, aged between 25 and 35, and between 6 foot and 6 foot 2 in height. This individual had short, dark brown hair with fair streaks, likely spoke with a distinctive Glaswegian accent and occasionally inserted brief biblical quotations into his conversations. MacDonald was seen leaving the Barrowland shortly after midnight on 17th of August in the company of this individual and was last seen walking towards either Main Street or Landrassy Street in the direction of her home at approximately 12.40am. O'Brien became concerned when her sister failed to return home. Later the same day she began hearing local rumours that young children had been seen leaving a derelict tenement building at McKeith Street discussing a body in the premises. By the Monday morning O'Brien was so concerned that she herself, fearing the worst, walked into the old building. There she discovered her own sister's extensively battered body laying face down with her shoes and stockings lying beside her. A post-mortem concluded that MacDonald had been raped and extensively beaten, particularly about the face, before she had been strangled to death with one of her own stockings. Her murder had occurred approximately 30 hours before her body had been discovered. Unlike Docker, the body of MacDonald was fully clothed, although her underclothing had been torn, and like Docker, she had been menstruating at the time of her death. Police inquiries into McDonald's movements on the night of her murder produced several eyewitnesses who were able to accurately describe the man with whom she had been in the company of at the Barrowland. Door-to-door inquiries on McKeith Street also produced a woman who remembered hearing a female screams on the evening of McDonald's murder, although this individual could not recall the precise time. Consequently, the police concerned this information is little use to their inquiry. Although the city of Glasgow police noted several striking similarities between the murders of Docker and MacDonald, including the boat women had attended the Barrowland Ballroom on the evening of their murder, been beaten before being strangled to death with their ligature, were menstruating and had their handbags taken from the crime scene, initially boat murders were not considered to be the work of the same perpetrator. Despite extensive public appeals, the investigation of the murder of Docker had quickly become a cold case. Police had little information owing to both the lack of witnesses and hard evidence. The investigation had also been severely hindered by investigators not discovering until three days after her death that Docker had attended the Barrowland on the evening of her murder. 18 months later, following the discovery of McDonald, police became aware of remarkable similarities to the murder of Docker. Although police did not conclusively link both murders to the same perpetrator, they could not completely discount this theory. In addition, police were certain that perpetrator, or ours, held a high degree of local geographical knowledge. However, they may have been a stranger to the district as none of the eyewitnesses of with whom investigators conversed directly knew the man or men seen in the company of either women prior to her murder. For the first time in a Scottish murder hunt, a composite drawing of a man with whom MacDonald is last seen alive was given to the press, being widely distributed via both newspaper and upon television throughout Scotland in efforts to identify the suspect. Moreover, both male and female undercover police officers performed discreet surveillance at the Barrel and Ballroom in efforts to identify the suspect. 
Police surveillance at the Barrel and Ballroom will be terminated in late October 1969 due to the initiative failing to produce any suspects. Detectives were also blamed by proprietors for a sharp decrease in the attendance figures. Helen Puttock. On, 30, on the 31st of October 1969, a man walking his dog discovered the body of 29-year-old Helen Puttock behind a tenement in the Scotstone district of Glasgow. Her body was found beside a drain pipe in the back garden of her Earl Street flat. She had been stripped partially naked, extensively beaten about at the face before being raped, then strangled to death with one of her own stockings. The contents of her handbag had been scattered close to her body, although the handbag itself was missing from the crime scene. Grass and weed stains upon the shoes of Puddock's feet, feet and shoes indicated she had engaged in a furious struggle with her killer. She had evidently at one point attempted to scale a nearby railway embankment. Her body also bore a deep bite mark on her upper right thigh, as had been the case in two previous victims. Helen had been menstruating at the time of her murder. Her murderer had placed her sanitary towel beneath her left arm. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.